From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason D'Antonio! Yeah! Oh! Thank you! Oh, wow! What a group! Yes! There they are! Oh, yeah! Nice! Oh, thank you! Thank you so much, everybody! Oh! What a group! You know, I tell you, you all you all decided to come out here despite the coronavirus. You know what I mean? You taken a chance and you stumbled upon the Queens, New Yorker. That's right. For all time's sake. And we're glad that you are with us because we're here for another edition of your favorite show. And today is episode number 64. And it is Saturday, March 14th. 2020 and we're glad that you are with us here for this edition so i am happy that you have decided to drop in and spend time with us here on the show with that in mind today we're going to be doing part two of uh flushing meadows corona park we're going to be basically focusing on the 1939 and 1964 world's fair and when you see the uh, pictures that correspond to the layout of the slideshow presentation, you're going to see pictures that are corresponding to these um, particular fairs and how they were set up. So we'll give you a little background on it for part two of Flushing Meadows Corona Park. And then um, part three, if we get through, we'll talk about the layout of the park the size, the ecology, the notable structures, all that good stuff in part three on the next episode, okay? Because it's a big, it's one of the fourth largest parks out there next to Central Park. And, uh, you know, so 897 acres, that's a lot of ground to cover, as they say. So I hope for all intense purposes you enjoy you enjoy it as much as I do, and give you all that is absorbed with it. All right. So we're focusing today on the 1939 and the 1964 New York World's Fair that was held at Flushing Meadows Corona Park. But before we even get into that, two things I want to note on. First of all, despite what everybody is going through right now, I want everybody to know of the four we have now right now four hundred and sixty three subscribers. Thank you so much for joining the Queen's New Yorker channel. Thank you so much for that, and I hope that you stay on your content and you gain a lot of subscribers and views so that we can all get monetized and start making some nice money 
on the content for everything. Creators, regardless of what happens with the coronavirus, we here at the Queens, New Yorker, I will continue to give you the best shows ever. And that is a fact. That is a promise. Regardless, we are not being shied away. We are not being run off the ground. We are not being run off the platform. The trolls, you guys, if you want to take coronavirus, you can shove it up your butt, okay? I don't care what you got to say about me when it comes to coronavirus because I don't have the virus, okay? And if you're a doctor or you think you're a, if you're not a doctor and you start talking about coronavirus, I'm going to call you out on it because I'm tired of everybody accusing me and a whole bunch of other people, you know, with this virus, okay? This is a serious epidemic, yes, but if you don't have facts to back up your information, don't talk about it, okay? And that's all I'm going to say on it. The stats for our channel here prove again that our subs are doing what they are asked to do. And that is watch and view and comment. You had 25 views on the last episode, which was part one of Flushing Meadows. 11 comments, six likes, and two dislikes. And we know who those two are. The same two dislikes, two to three dislikes. But yeah, I know who it is. It's no secret. It's no surprise. Okay. 2,919 total views, which means in about another 81 views, I'm coming on to thank you for 3,000 views and an even more important message, okay? Watch time minutes dropped a little bit to 1997. Not a problem. We'll get it back over 2,000. So you're all keeping pace. We get new subscribers. Thank you again for all your continued support. Give yourself a round of applause for it. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Very nice. Good. Okay. So now that we got it all out of our system and everything, let's go to our topic of today which is part two of Flushing Meadows Corona Park. Yeah, I know. But we're we're in here. And we're into the section that's called Park Planning and World's Fairs. Now, New York City Parks Commissioner Robert Moses first conceived the idea of developing a large park in Flushing Meadow in the 1920s. And at the time, he envisioned the site to become a true central park especially with much of city population moving to Queens and Long Island due to urban sprawl. Moses also planned Flushing Meadows to be the westernmost of a chain of parks running across Queens, which would include Cassena Park, Cunningham Park, Alley Pond Park, and Douglaston Park. In 1929, representatives from surrounding communities created a plan to turn the ash dump into a recreational complex and presented them to Queensboro President George U. Harvey. 
1930, Moses released plans for numerous parks and highways in the city. This included the Grand Central Parkway, the construction of which would require taking land from the ash dumps. And one of the provisional projects listed was a Flushing River Park, along with a Flushing River Parkway. The Brooklyn Ash Removal Company's contract with the city expired in 1933, and the city took over the company's assets and operations on May 25th of 1934. The Brooklyn Ash property occupied around 300 acres of the 1,000-acre site, north of what is now the Long Island Expressway. The remainder of the meadows still contained natural wildlife. It was frequented by fur trappers, local residents collecting firewood and growing vegetables, and later squatters during the Great Depression. Areas of the dumps were also used for growing vegetables with the soil fertilized by the garbage and manure. In 1935, the site, now planned as Flushing Meadow Park, was selected for what would become the 1939 World's Fair. In addition to the ash dumps and underdeveloped meadows, houses in Corona east of 111th Street adjacent to the dumps were condemned and added to the site, displacing residents. The plans were drafted by Parks Department landscape architect Gilmore David Clark and his partner Michael Rapano, designed in Beaux Arts style. Work on the World's Fair site began on June 16, 1936. The project primarily involved leveling the ash mounds with the leftover material used to fill other areas of the meadow. Two sites were excavated to create Meadow and Willow Lake, while much of the Flushing River was diverted into underground culverts. A floodgate was built to prevent tidal flow from flooding the lakes. And in addition to recreation, the lakes would serve as repositories for excess storm runoff. The dirt from the lake sites was used as additional topsoil for the park. The project was an around-the-clock job with 450 workers operating on three daily shifts. Workers had to combat the effects of high tide and dust storms created by the ash. The work significantly changed the topography of the meadows, differing from that created by glaciation. Thousands of trees were transplanted to the fair site in order to create a natural landscape. And meanwhile, thousands of 100-foot Douglas fir tree timbers were driven into the ground to act as pilings for the foundations of the fair structures. The pedestrian plan called for numerous wide tree-lined pathways, including a central cascade mall leading to the Trilon and Perisphere, many of which would be retained for the park. Faced with having to dispose of the mountains of ashes, Moses incorporated a significant portion of the refuge into the bases of several roadways that bordered or bisected the park. This included the Van Rick Expressway running along the eastern side of the park, the nearby Interborough Parkway, now Jackie Robinson Parkway, the Long Island Expressway, and that divides the park into north and south halves. You have the Grand Central Parkway that separates a western lobe from the main part of the northern half, while the east-west Jewel Avenue bisects the southern half. The success of the Flushing Meadows site as a garbage dump turned park led Moses and the city to develop other wetlands in the city into parks via short-term refuge landfilling. This process was used to create Marine Park and Spring Creek Park in Brooklyn and Ferry Point Park in the Bronx. This was also the original plan for the Fresh Kills and Edgemere landfills, which remained open past their expected tenure. 
and became large and long-term municipal waste sites. The Fresh Kills site is currently being developed into Fresh Kills Park. November 1939, a water main running through Flushing Meadows Park to supply water to Flushing failed. Unlike the fair buildings, the pipeline was not built on piling foundations and eventually sank into the Martian landfill. January of 1940, Borough President Harvey demanded an investigation of the Maine's construction take place, while the Board of Estimated allocated $50,200 for the repairs. In the meantime, some of the buildings from the 1939 fair were used for the first temporary headquarters of the United Nations beginning in 1946. The former New York City building was used for the UN General Assembly during this time. And Moses attempted to sell Flushing Meadows as a permanent headquarters for the UN, which would have required new structures and a complete redesign of the fairground layout. The proposal was rejected, however, due to concerns over the strength of the former marshland for building construction, the lack of scenic beauty in the meadows, and the distance from Manhattan. The UN moved to their now permanent headquarters in 1951. The New York City building was later furbished for the 64-65 fair as the New York City Pavilion, featuring the panorama of the city of New York, an enormous scale model of the entire city. It's one of two buildings that survived from the 39 and 40 fair and the only one that remains in its original location. The remainder of the park, meanwhile, has fallen into despair or disrepair with wild animals moving back into the area and only minor upgrades to the park occurred during this time. So the Flushing Meadows site was selected in 59 for the 64 World's Fair. Gilmore D. Clark and Michael Rapano were retained to tailor the original 1939 park layout for the new fair. Three structures were retained from the 39 fair. Meanwhile, several new structures and attractions were created, including the Unisphere, Shea Stadium, the New York Hall of Science, and Queens Botanical Garden. The latter three were intended as permanent attractions for the future park. The Unisphere built as the theme symbol for the 64-65 World's Fair, has since become the main sculptural feature of the park. It stands on the site occupied by the Perisphere during the earlier fair. The Van Wyck Expressway was extended north through the park site along the right-of-way of the former World's Fair Railroad. Moses and the Parks Department also prepared post plans to finish Flushing Meadows Park as well as Casena Corridor Park and Kitsena Park, projected to be completed by 1967. In early of 1964, the New York City Council added Corona to the park's theme. The park was now named Flushing Meadows Corona Park in preparation for that year's World's Fair. Councilman Ed Sadowski explained that this was intended to correct an injustice. The people of Corona have long lived in the aroma of a junkyard or a dump named for their community, now, when there is something beautiful to be seen, there is no mention of the name Corona. Following the fair, most of the remaining $11.6 million from the fair funds, as well as money from Moses' Triborough Bridge and Tunnel Authority, were used to rehabilitate the site into a true park. Flushing Meadows Corona Park was transferred from the World's Fairs Corporation back to the Parks Department and opened on June 3rd of 1967. If you like more in-depth stuff, which is the actual 
1939 World's Fair and the breakdown of it, we can actually take a look at that on future episodes later on in the program or in the series. That and the 64 World's Fair. This will give you all the pavilions, um, the exhibits, that sort of thing. And that's what we'll look at later on in the program as we look at individual things in each neighborhood. But this ends part two of Flushing Meadows Park right here. And on the next program, part three, we'll, we'll sum it all up with a layout, the size, and the ecology, the notable structures, and wrap up this great series of Flushing Meadows Corona Park. I'm Jason DeCanio, and remember, friends, always be honest, be real, and keep it simple, stupid kiss. And don't be a nut monkey. Be something better than that. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Tuesday's edition, episode 65 of the Queens New Yorker right here on YouTube. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been watching the Queens New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio internet presentation. Thank you for your support.
Thank you.